0: Hi everybody, it's Rob Reed of playertrack.com and baseballgeeks.com. The playertrack.com June update is now up. Let's take a look at the lucky and unlucky. Welcome back to the Player Track podcast. It's free. The player track website this year is free. So, what are you waiting for? Check out the free rankings there, and you can manipulate them with over 52. Oh, that was my Android. I forgot to turn it down. Sorry. But over 52 categories of pitching and offense that you can rank players. And to give you a quick top 10, the top 10 best players in all of baseball hitting. Go like this. With a minimum 50 at-bats and 20 games played at any position. Raw stats, not proration. Jose Bautista, number one. Oh, my. He's been a fiend. Matt Joyce, number two. This is standard 5'5", by the way. Jason Bourgeois. With his 54 at bats through June 1st and hitting 407 with a 439 on base percentage. And uh, no home runs, seven RBI though. And, and uh, the key there was the 12 stolen bases and 14 tries. He actually was up there, but uh, he's been very lucky with a 440 on base percentage. Joey Votto, number four. Adrian Gonzalez, number five, really starting to tear it up lately. Ryan Braun comes in number six, and even though an injury and out for a while, Lance Berkman, number seven. Matt Holiday also injured, poor St. Louis, at number eight. Jose Reyes, love to see at number nine, and I know this number 10 has certainly gone up since June 1st because he's been tearing it up. I think he's had four to six home runs, maybe five, somewhere around there, and I have him on a number of my teams talking about Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp, is sort of the guy that would be the picture in the dictionary next to uh, me talking about batting average on balls and play and contact rate. He's a perfect, fine specimen there, who only hit 240 something last season. And it was a terrible uh, batting average on balls and play that was the reason, just simply bad luck. And he gets his standard amount of luck, which is about a 350 or so batting average on balls and play, which is what he's had uh, this season. And he's hitting 306, which is what you expect on base, 380, 13 plus home runs matt is on fire and could definitely be the nl uh player uh, mvp no doubt and in fact uh, I, i'm not sure if this is still true but as of a few days ago matt kemp was the nl leader in rbi so that's a pretty major thing so that's your top 10 there in hitting and your top 10 through june 1st of pitchers and we're going to look at a minimum 35 innings pitch standard 5-5 which is the ERA whip wins saves and strikeouts believe it or not before his uh, last outing James Shields comes at number one and man has he been good Jared Weaver number two has uh, certainly fallen off what his April was as May was kind of disastrous in comparison but still he walked away with a 2.1 ERA and a whip under one Roy Halladay you expect him to be here. Dan Heron, number four. Tim Linsicum number five. Clayton Kershaw, number six. Michael Pineda, and I think he's the real deal, at number seven. Justin Verlander, number eight. Cole Hamels has certainly proved naysayers, including myself, wrong when he had looked very much like Fausto Carmona in terms of his peripherals only a few years ago, and he's come out at the age of 27 right at his peak and looks for real as well. Sean Markham, number Ten. Sean Markham is kind of interesting. Is two fifty seven batting average on balls in play. In the past, he had a two hundred seventy two last year, where he had a 3.64 ERA. A strand rate is actually uh, through June first, 79 percent, a little bit above uh, league average. So Sean Markham looks for real. So that's interesting. Josh Beckett, on the other hand, I'm going to throw in a throw-in there at number 11. He's the 11th uh, highest pitcher, standard 5'5", minimum 35 innings pitched. Batting average no balls in play, 226, a FIP of 3.03, a, a strand rate of 85%. Ooh, That uh, spells disaster for Josh Beckett, uh, folks. So what we're going to look at today is uh, last podcast, I looked at the hitters who were unlucky and I'm going to look at the hitters who were lucky this time, and we're simply going to do a minimum 50 at-bats again, 20 minimum games played. I'm going to look at the worst contact rates with the best batting average on balls in play and who comes up here uh david freeze starts out number one with a 356 average in 87 at bats a 468 batting amazon balls in play reed johnson comes in hitting 367 th- through the beginning of june just with 60 at bats obviously can't keep it up 435 batting amazon balls in play uh jeff baker uh, not a guy that you're going to rely on for anything anyway, and 87 at-bats. The, the aforementioned Jason Bourgeois, you, you're not going to touch him. Number five, Travis Hafner has been out with an injury for a while, but the reality, you know, I have him in one of my leagues, and he's I've been very happy with him. Certainly you can't be upset with a guy who comes out of uh, pretty much being a, uh, he was a stellar player, then became just a horrifically bad uh, fantasy ball player, and especially when you get him for, home runs, and he hits 13 last year and 400 at-bats and doesn't play and just has shown injury problems for the last three years. And even then in 2007 when he had 545 at-bats, he only hit 266 and 24 home runs, and that was a year following a 42-home run season in 2006. So it certainly is nice to see somebody like that hit 345, but his batting average on balls will play 420, a contact rate of 76%, spells disaster the rest of the way. Greg Dobbs is on this list. Matt Joyce is on this list. Now, Matt Joyce, uh, rule of 27 years, so uh, he's sort of following that pattern right now. But sorry to say, his batting average on balls in play 416. Can't keep that up. His 361 batting average could easily, with league average batting average on balls in play, be 260, which might be more realistic he did hit 241 last season, 216 at bats. The power most definitely is for real. And so that's why you'd have somebody like uh, Matt Joyce. But, you know, somebody had made a comment about him. You can take a look at player track, and this is uh, Fantasy Addict. And Fantasy Addict says uh, that his career OPS, this is Matt Joyce versus right handed pitching, is 922. My response to that was really look. He has a a 1.047 OPS this year through June 1st. And uh, that constitutes about a third of his career, you know, just here through June, starting this season. So, way too early to try and make judgments on that. And the fact that Matt Joyce is 27 and not 23 is, it means that uh, I think his skill set in terms of, of average. At best, is probably 270. He's done so well so far that I think he'll be in the 280s when all is said and done. That's great, uh, but I wouldn't count on him hitting in the 280 pluses uh, from in the future. And he could definitely fall below that this year, no doubt about it. Jose Molina comes in at number eight at 64 at bats and uh, batting 328. And some folks might look on the waiver wire and say, "Well, you know, he's a spot starter. Might be a guy that I'm going to look for." Uh, but the reality is, JP, Aaron Sibia is getting so much playing time and playing so well, not necessarily in the batting average department, but the power, just an absolute stud. And I'm having problems in my Money League deciding who I'm going to play. I brought up Mike Napoli for Aaron Sibia last uh, week, which was good because on Monday he hit two home runs. But then, you know, JP hit a grand slam, and Napoli's average has actually been worse than JP's. So. The other catcher I have, it's a two-catcher league, is Ramon Hernandez, and I definitely need help in the batting average department, and Ramon's been great. So I'm sort of mixing and matching Napoli and uh, and JP. Not going to play them both until Napoli really showed up. Napoli had a great streak last week, and actually the end of the week before, too, last week, uh, but sort of tailed off slightly. uh, And so I don't want to play him at my DH spot, although I could because I actually have Vladdy uh, Guerrero who... And this is an on-base percentage league, and his on-base percentage is terrible. He's just not taking a walk. John Jay is a guy we talked about in the past. He comes in at number 10 of the luckiest hitters in all of baseball in terms of uh, batting average and balls and playing contact rate. John Jay last year did the same thing, and there was a lot of waiver-wire craziness. In fact, it was his July I'm looking at the player track uh, profile messages and I said that he had a tour of July and folks were expecting big things with no real power developed and he's thrown out more than he steals. Uh, not, he hasn't so far this year though. He's stolen four out of six and he had a 3.77 batting average on balls in play, uh, through July. And, uh, he had hit 240 in his last 120, so, 120 or so at bats, and this is in September. So he wasn't a guy who's high on, who was high on my list in 2011. But if you did pick him up, a 342 average through June 1st is pretty darn good with 114 at bats. Um, the thing is, it's a, a batting average in Boston play of 398. So who's the real John Jay here? He had a 352 batting average in Boston play with 207 at bats. It's too early to say, but you know. Matt Kemp has a 350 batting average and balls and play skill set and you never know uh I, I this is just not a guy that i'm relying on the uh, cardinals are going to rely on him for uh for a while with the injuries that they've uh, suffered with so monitor him but i i still would if he's on the waiver wire i still would not take him if i needed an outfielder let's move on to pitchers and the number one is a a guy this this is the pitchers the top 10 pitchers who have been the most unlucky and the categories I'm looking at here on player track I'm checking off batting average on balls in play uh, fielding independent pitching FIP and strand rate LOB percent those three categories together will provide us with the, the the pitchers who suffered the worst luck and topping the list is a guy who so many people expected a lot of, and, I, and he just had a no decision and looked really good as far as I'm concerned. If you can get him now and the owner isn't paying attention, I'm talking about Brandon Morrow, uh, now's the time to do it. He still, through June 1st, had a through K-9 rate of 11.7. He's a strikeout fiend. A 5.11 ERA making, made his owners crazy through 44 innings for sure. But his FIP, 2.20. This ERA is fielding independent pitching. Like if you, we don't consider fielding, with an ERA could be as low as two point two. Batting average on balls in play, the league average for uh, pitchers in this category thirty five thirty five minimum innings pitched. That includes any relievers that got that. the the uh, The batting average on balls in play is two seventy eight. That's the average in the league. Brandon's three sixty four. The strand rate, the average in the league, 74%. Brandon's 61%. So he's got nowhere to go but up a great buy-low candidate now if, if you can get him as maybe a throw-in and like act like you're not interested, but he's a stud. Matt Garza's another one, 2.07 FIP, notwithstanding a 3.72 ERA, and a strand rate below league average of 71%, but his batting average in balls in play, 357 If you're a Roy Halladay owner, you're happy to see he comes in here at number three. So he's been an unlucky pitcher and yet still has a 2.56 ERA and a 1.07 whip. That's awesome. A batting average in balls in play, 304. A strand rate slightly above league average of 79%, but it's that batting average in balls in play that puts him here. He should fall below 2.5 in the ERA department. So obviously you're going to hang on to him. The Another guy, number four, Daniel Hudson, Arizona pitcher, and so that concerns me because there's a lot of home runs, a lot of power that can be uh, asserted there in Arizona. But a batting average in Boston play of three twenty, A 2.88 fit makes him kind of exciting, notwithstanding a 4.22 ERA and a 1.30 whip. Strikeout rate, 7.63. And looking at Daniel... Uh, from 2010 he had 14 game starts a 2.45 era and a 0.910 whip which caused a lot of folks to take notice i think the fact that his era went up uh, is probably uh, you know and it's in the fours i think it still is here in in early june he's a great target because he should get better and he could uh, look a little bit like he did last year he uh, had a strand rate through june 1st of 67 percent, which is very low and uh below league average, which in this case is bad for uh, for the pitching. Brandon McCarthy of Oakland, nine game starts, 63 innings pitched, a 70% strand rate, batting average in balls in play, 303, and then he's still out of 3.39 ERA, 1.23 whip. Not a bad option if you're looking for starters, and, and Brandon McCarthy is on the waiver wires. He's looked very good. Cliff Lee appears here too, so with an ERA of almost four, you know, and you didn't want that out of him. His FIP is 2.96. His uh, strand rate, 73%, about league average, a little bit less. And uh, a bad and balls and play of 330. So players have been very lucky against him. Cole Hamels comes in here, believe it or not, so he could get even better. Jaime Garcia. Now, Jaime Garcia is the guy that I picked in Fantasy Baseball Magazine. I felt that he was going to be uh, uh, the guy, one of the. Uh, sophomores coming in that was going to suffer a sophomore slump, and he has, but some of that has been due to a 299 batting average in Boston play, a 74% strand rate. His FIP is actually 2.87, and all his peripherals have actually been pretty good. He's had a couple bad games, but he's 5-1 and one through June 1 with 63 strikeouts and 8.26 strikeout per nine-inning rate, and that's pretty darn good. And Conversely, uh, Tim Stoffer pitching in San Diego, a 3.22 FIP, Notwithstanding a 3.6 ERA, a batting average of balls in play, 314. So a decent option there. And someone else who's uh, I think is a decent option. But, you know, I can't tell if this is uh, – it's rare to see a pitcher that is just so bad in the peripherals and so far away from league average that they can't correct themselves when it goes bad. But, you know, I'll tell you about Edwin Jackson is uh, – he has consistent – well, not consistently, but last season, two thousand and ten, and he comes in as the tenth unluckiest pitcher so far this year. Last season, he had a three hundred and two batting average on balls in play through the entire season at thirty-two game starts, which is was about th- close to thirty points above league average. This year so far, three thirty-eight, so he could he should get better. The problem is pitching in in uh, Comiskey there, and that's a home run ballpark and he only he's allowed five home runs in his first 68 innings which is not bad uh, 21 home runs he allowed last season but it's the uh, the strand rate is exactly the same as what it was last year so i don't know if 71 percent is not low for him and not just what he's going to do but the fip is 3.52 his era was 4.63 so he might be more of a 3.5 to 3.7 era pitcher and obviously, especially in AL only leagues, that's a great option. But I would imagine AL only leagues, Edwin Jackson is, is not on the waiver. wires. if he was and I needed pitching, I would definitely uh, be looking uh, for Edwin. Jordan Zimmerman comes up here. Uh, not, he's, his peripherals look good, so he can get even better. 66% strand rate. Madison Bumgarner comes on here. Clayton Kershaw. David Price. Tim Lincecum. Felix Hernandez. Not a lot of people talking about King Felix. At least that I've heard uh, hasn't been a lot of attention uh, drawn to him, but he's continued his winning ways. That will do it for looking at the uh, the pitchers and hitters for this podcast. I might have another update coming up soon later this month. If not, there'll definitely be one uh, at the All Star break where we'll do the next player track update around that time. I'd like for you to get involved with the discussions there at Player Track in the message areas. We've had some discussions regarding Matt Joyce, Cole Hamels shinsu chu adam dunn josh beckett michael panetta ichiro suzuki jose bautista Corey hart just to name a few we have had some really tough news with buster posey going out so we talked a little bit about him and and who uh, you would replace buster posey with and uh still don't have speaking of catchers don't have joe mauer back yet but hopefully he'll be coming back soon that was definitely a bust for folks that drafted him. But just get involved with the discussions. The more people that go there and uh, and participate, the better the website can be. Definitely would appreciate your opinions on particular statistics. You can talk about players I talked about in this podcast and, and make fun of me, especially after a couple weeks. Last podcast, if you remember, I started out talking about Jose Lopez as a great buy-low opportunity, and now he's not even playing, so... Again, he, he if he was, I think Jose Lopez would be fine, and he would have righted the ship, if you will. But Colorado didn't give him a chance, as I said. You know that would be if he didn't get the chance, then you know. And I made a mistake in suggesting it. I still would look out for Jose Lopez if he gets a team, and somebody takes a chance on him, because his peripherals indicated he was very unlucky. But you know, this is not an exact science, and that's a perfect example. You know, and as Matt Joyce at the beginning of July 1st still maintains a 375 average or whatever he's on base for, I think he was in the 340s or something, then, you know, you can shove it in my face and you can post it at the playertrack.com message boards. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I'm Rob Reed of playertrack.com, baseballgeeks.com, and you can check out my blog at robreed.com where I add some some other tidbits about life, politics, uh, religion. And my music, my music ministry, and all that good stuff. So God bless. Thank you for listening, and I'll be doing another podcast soon. Peace.